Hello, Marvelites, and welcome to episode number 192 of This Week in Marvel, the official Marvel podcast of everything, including assembling a podcast at the last possible minute with whatever resources you have at hand. My name is Ben Morse. I am the senior editor of Marvel.com. I am hoping against hope that at any second, uh, the infamous Agent M, Ryan Panagos, who has been globetrotting, or at least nation-trotting this week, will be able to join me. Um, so hopefully he's going to drop in and we'll have both of us. But for the time being, uh, it's Thursday. This episode's going to go up on Thursday. We're heading into a holiday weekend. There's a lot of stuff to pull together, so it's going to be a little bit of a bam, 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 rapid-fire episode with a lot of me talking. Um, Alec is here. Say hello, Alec. Hello, Alec. Oh, very good. You picked right up on that. But yeah, we're going to review the comics that came out this week. We are going to talk about news. We're going to get to your questions. Uh, midway through, we've got a great interview that Ryan and Blake did with a band called Refused. And we also have, of course, the latest West Coast stuff from Mark, Patrick, and company. But let's not waste any time. Let's talk about the books that came out this week, because there were some good ones, starting with A-Force number 2 written by Marguerite Bennett and G. Willow Wilson, art by Jorge Molina. So the big deal in Arcadia is, number one, you've got the Submariners investigating this underwater, where did this monster come from? There's portals popping up everywhere type of deal. But on the flip side, you've got Nico and her new friend, who we know is going to be called Singularity. We do not. I don't think they know that in the book yet. Um, Alec is looking at me, supportive as he can be, having not read any of these. Um... But the basic thing here is we're continuing to explore Arcadia. We get a cool glimpse into kind of Nico's upbringing, her whole deal with Miss America and with Loki, more digging into the relationships. Uh, A Sentinel pops out of nowhere because, again, the big problem plaguing Arcadia is that these portals are popping up and just dropping random things in, which is not great. But we get to see A-Force in action. Dazzler gets some nice moments. She-Hulk gets some nice leader stuff get to see a little bit more of how this team operates how medusa really wants to be the leader the mystery of singularity who is a very cool character uh is definitely driving this and i love the way jorge molina draws her where she just has this kind of blissfully unaware smile on her face as she's about to get stepped on as on a sentinel or if she dumps she hulk into a post-apocalyptic wasteland very cool stuff definitely a good example of a creative team really coming together Amazing Spider-Man number 19.1 is the fourth part of Spiral. There's been a neat little break from the normal Spider-Man stuff uh, with a gang war, a traditional Spider-Man trope. Written by classic Spider-Man writer Jerry Conway, art by Carlo Barberi. We have seen the Wraith go pretty much as low as she can, Detective Yuri Watanabe. She has fallen in with Mr. Negative and now really understanding that he is manipulating her. So this is... Hopefully the start of her redemption. She's trying to claw her way out of where she's been. In this issue, that means her and Spider-Man, every part of Spiral, they've gotten to fight a different gangster, criminal, villain, something. In this case, they fight the Circus of Crime, which makes for a very interesting battle, uh, very different powers. And can Wraith escape from Mr. Negative? That's something we're going to have to find out. Over in the Star Wars universe, in Darth Vader number 7, written by Karen Gillan, art by Salvador La Roca, Vader has now learned a little bit more about Luke, as we've seen in both Vader and Star Wars. So now he's taken his little mini team and he has gone to Tatooine where he's trying to figure out what happened, uh, where Luke came from, what he's up to. So there's a lot of investigation in here. But there's also a really cool bit where he goes to Sun Tool, which is on the Outer Rim. I'm sure you knew that, Alec. I did. Uh, And 
Vader and the Imperials basically they 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 break up like I don't even know what this thing is this weird like monster slave ring and it's kind of the attitude of uh, you know you guys aren't allowed to do this unless you're working with us uh, a lot of lightsaber chopping a lot of feeding people to monsters there's another non Jabba hut who gets involved I of course am you know somewhat infant in my Star Wars knowledge but I believe this is uh, not a normal thing. We've also got these other bounty hunters, uh, this this cool group of like random droids and lizards and Wookies who are also out for some of the same things as Vader, maybe not, and maybe a member of Vader's team may be helping them. So a lot of intrigue going on there. Back to Seeger Wars, Future Imperfect number two, written by Peter David, art by Greg Land. At the end of last issue, we saw some iteration of the thing show up to challenge the maestro in this issue we learn it's not ben Grimm and the thing's identity which i'm not going to spoil here because why alec because there are no spoilers on this show very good uh we learn the origin of this thing and it is very different very cool character behind that rocky hide this is basically just a big old fight issue uh it's thing and maestro punching the crap out of each other greg land does a tremendous job drawing it also have to give props to the rest of the art team, uh, Jay Lyston on inks, Nolan Woodard on colors. Really just a fun issue to watch big dudes punching each other, which, at the end of the day, you know, thing Hulk fight. That's what we want to see. A um, little bit more from Ruby Summers, a little bit more from The Resistance. A fan-favorite Peter David character shows up, and then at the end, Maestro has a proposal for the thing that could change everything. Mm. A lot of thing there, you see? Thing, everything. I thing, love it. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, one of my personal favorites giant size little marvel avx number two holy crap this book scotty young writing and drawing it colors by jean francois bellu uh, even in the first three pages we get kind of like the theme song which is a montage of all this different stuff going in battle world so not only you get to see scotty young draw all these avengers and x-men you also get to see his take on dr doom on weird world which is tremendous because you have archon fighting like a giant warthog squid monster uh the thors but then we have Avengers X-Men Dodgeball. This is a legitimately funny book. It's funny. It's enjoyable. If I was a kid, I would love it, uh, I think. Yeah, I would. I remember me as a kid. Um, I could show this to my wife. She would love it. The art is so beautiful. The colors, not to be underestimated, by Jean-Francois are great. Just the character stuff, the cute little gags. Um, the These two teens who showed up, Zachary and Zoe, are now in school. Um, and the X-Men and Avengers both kind of want a piece of them. Arcade shows up randomly. There's a lot of like fun little non-Avengers X-Men stuff. There's a good Ghost Rider joke. Uh, there's a great bit with the Hulk asking Bruce Banner, asking if he can go to the bathroom. Because they're all in school. Professor Xavier is their teacher. Bruce Banner asking if he can go to the bathroom. Uh, Xavier going, can you hold it? And you see what happens when the Hulk can't hold it. I mean, I'm, I'm selling this book just with the little thing. But you also get like a montage of like just stuff scotty came up with like where does venom live what does beast do for homework what his little kid namor up to with his pet goldfish also something the uatu the watcher which i did not see coming then you got the avengers x-men tree houses and again just fights breaking out every few pages that's the beauty of this book is there'll be some funnies and there'll be some character stuff but there'll always be a great crazy fight it's pretty fun Groot number two, written by Jeff Loveness, art by Brian Kessinger. Here we get, this is actually a really emotional, fun issue, because we get Groot's early days. We get Groot, first of all, we have this weird dream he has of, like, all the Groot, like, the Groot Avengers kind of 
Groot Lactus shows up on his planet. It's every character is Groot, but it's a dream. And he is looking for Rocket Raccoon, who he's gotten separated with. But the bulk of the issue is devoted to a flashback of how these two met in prison. Um, And it's really touching because it's Groot getting abused and tortured by these jerk, I think they're Kree, prison guards who don't understand him. He thinks he's a dummy. He fights. He gets to be cool. But the ends up as a roommate with Rocket who initially hates him because he can't understand him finds him really frustrating it's a story of how rocket comes to understand groot and groot does nice stuff for rocket rocket ends up standing up for groot and they become great friends and you know whether you're a fan of the movie fan of the comics you just want to see like how did these guys become friends i like that brian kessinger got to tell this story because it's not a story we've seen anywhere uh they just showed up in the comics as friends one day and of course in the movie they're already buddies so neat and important piece of Groot history touching fun great art loved it some more Guardians stuff we got Guardians team up number seven written by comedians extraordinaries Paul Shear, who I just started listening to his uh, how did this get made podcast I believe I said that last week plug it again I'm having a lot of fun with it and his partner Nick Giovanetti art by Sean Crystal this issue teams up Ant-Man Scott Lang big deal movie star pretty cool heard a lot about him with drax and uh drax gets separated from the guardians and ends up in miami where ant-man lives tracking a guy who's trying to get his hands on an ultimate nullifier so it becomes a buddy cop movie with ant-man and drax because there's no other superheroes in miami obviously drax played perfectly here two comedians writing him taking full advantage of everything you saw in the guardians of the galaxy movie as far as his very 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 dry wit Ant-Man playing the straight man, which is kind of a nice change of pace. Uh, A lot of stuff packed in. A lot of words. A lot of neat art. A lot of cool outfits. A lot of little notes. Uh, It's a lot of fun. It's funny stuff. There's some unexpected twists. And it's just neat to see, you know, who would have thought even a couple years ago an Ant-Man Drax comic would be a big deal. But here we are. Here we are. Princess Leia number five. Art by Mark Wade. No, written by Mark Wade. Although I'm sure Mark is a great artist as well art by terry and rachel dodson colors by jordy belair this is the conclusion to leia's first limited series she's trying to save the alderanians uh she's teaming up with a bunch of people who don't really like her uh, a lot of the alderanians like the whole kind of the arc of this series was her trying to prove to these alderanians who thought you know she's an absentee princess or she's a royal kind of showing like hey i'm princess leia and i'm great i will put myself in the way of danger i will stand up for my people and this is where everything comes home to roost because she's got the empire on her tail uh, they are trying to take her out and she needs to bring her inspirational words to bear she needs to use her skills not as a warrior but as a diplomat which is kind of neat but it's just as exciting i mean i know that might not sound like the most exciting <laughs> mm, thing diplomacy diplomacy mark wade and terry dodson and rachel johnson make diplomacy action-packed and there's space battles so you know you got that um like I said, the end of this particular story, but gives a nice setup that if we want to re- revisit some of these new characters that Mark introduced, or if we want to see Leia on her own again, definitely that door remains open to see that. Back to Secret Wars, where we always got to go. Red Skull number one. This was a cool, kind of subversive, fun one, written by Josh Williamson, art by Luca Pizzari. So the deal is Red Skull in Battle World at some point in the past tried to do an uprising tried to take out doom uh he was this figure who was like as far as his his charisma and kind of his just cult of personality was the only guy who could 
challenge Doctor Doom. And he almost did. But Doom supposedly threw him over the shield into the Deadlands, into where, you know, Age of Ultron and Annihilus and all those guys are, and he's dead. But now there are rumors creeping up through Battleworld that Red Skull may still be alive, and this is very, very bad for Doom, who doesn't want any challenge to his rule. Even though it's, it's weird, because he's the god of Battleworld and can pretty much do whatever he wants, still wants to suppress. Has Crossbones, who is Red Skull's old right-hand man, but now working for Doom, recruit from across Battleworld. You've got Ultimate Electro, Magneto from the Age of X, Moonstone from the Civil War world, Jack-O-Lantern from I have no idea where, uh, Lady Deathstrike from House of M, and kind of a mystery Winter Soldier sends them, basically they've all done crimes, they've all, their normal sentence would be you get tossed behind the shield, they all get offered a chance like, hey, if you can go find the Red Skull, we will let you have your freedom back. So they go over the shield and immediately are besieged by zombies and all these terrors. And I like how they keep establishing this like over the shield world is just the most horrible disgusting horrifying place you can go and you get that here so things go really badly really quickly which really kind of blew my mind like how these characters get savaged and luca pizzari's art is really gritty and really gross and perfect for being scary and also just uh just really making you kind of worried and josh williamson um does a nice job creating this kind of paranoia creating the red skull as this larger than life figure um won't spoil the end of the issue because again no spoilers but it seems that this book that i thought was going to be kind of like a dirty dozen thing may end up being something else entirely involving less of the characters than start the first issue the big one secret wars number four and man i just get so excited whenever an issue of secret wars comes out uh written by jonathan hickman beautiful 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 etc art by asad rabik and east forcina so now things are really starting to get cooking because you've got both the Cabal and these heroes from the Life Raft on Battleworld. You've got the Cabal just fighting Thors, which is awesome. Just Namor, Thanos. Thanos is a big deal in this. Uh, like, they even make a point that, like... And this is kind of... What's interesting is, like, there are versions of Thanos in Battleworld. They've encountered them before, but Valeria Richards makes a point, like, this Thanos is different. But Doctor Strange, meanwhile, is explaining to the heroes why doom is in charge and why it's maybe not the worst thing so there's a little bit of a rift between these heroes who are just you know their natural instinct is doom man we gotta stop doom and strange being like guys you don't understand like this may be the best of a bad situation cyclops who has become the phoenix is incredibly neat in this uh just spouting off these beautiful jonathan hickman written platitudes just like epic speeches about rebirth and all this other stuff uh we have a thor with a pig head who's getting the crap kicked out of him by the cabal asks for reinforcements from doom so what you have is doom the life raft heroes and the cabal all converge in the same place have a big three-way fight and doom starts to realize like oh these are the heroes from the original world because initially doesn't know that and the highlight is mr fantastic who i've often said is my least favorite member of the fantastic four um, and I think everyone feels that way. Yeah. Jonathan Hickman is the sole exception to that. And man, if he doesn't make a compelling case for why we're all wrong. Um, Doom, who to this point has been this infallible, like unshakable leader, sees Reed Richards and immediately you see old Doom. And he just goes, you get this little text where he just goes, yes, 
indeed there is. I spent years looking at every corner of every kingdom for some version of you, and now here you are brought before me. So what we learn here is there is no Reed Richards in Battleworld, which I have to assume is a Doom-like subconscious thing. When he created this, he's like, oh, no Reed Richards. But he didn't even know. He's searching for one. And Susan, his consort, is immediately like, oh, there's something special about him. And Doom's like, oh, no. And Doom, like, rushes off to the site and just... It's just at the at the root of all of this stuff, this Doom Reed Richards conflict, which is the central conflict in many ways of like the Marvel universe sometimes, just blew my mind. Hickman writes the hell out of it. Doom has a war with Cyclops. Uh, Cyclops stands up to him because he's the only one who can, and it seems like Cyclops maybe is going to get the edge. Uh, I'm not going to say what ultimately happens there, except to say that Strange does something, and just has uh, again i'm gonna i'm gonna read lines here because they're so great um just uh dr strange says i I didn't even tell him what you've done and i'm sure he's going to be hard at work solving the problem of you speaking of richards in reference to doom says how much harder do you think reed richards is going to try when he finds out that you stole his entire life look at you even with all this power you're still afraid of him well you know what old friend i think you should be and like that Reed Richards is the baddest badass, and this whole thing has just shifted because we had Battle World, we had all this stuff, and all of a sudden now it's Doom versus Richards, the ultimate friggin' battle. And I'm super excited. And you're excited. I can see on your face you're excited, man. I am. I should have read it. I went to Taco Bell instead. Well, you it's a bad, bad choice. Bad decisions were made. So, you know, you have the opportunity after this. Um, not to be overlooked. Secret Wars Journal, number three this week, which is um, the anthology series, doing some, one of two anthology series. First story by our good, close, personal friend, Frank Thierry. Uh, art by Richard Eisenhoff. A lot of you guys have been asking, when are we going to see Marvel Noir? Here's your answer. They do Marvel Noir here. Uh, it's Wolverine the Punisher, and the story is titled, Who Killed Tony Stark? So Wolverine and Punisher, initially Wolverine, Punisher comes in later, on behalf of Pepper Potts, trying to figure out this murder of who killed her boss and lover, I'm not sure, uh, Tony Stark. And it turns out to be more than just your typical mystery. It turns out to be a very battle world centric mystery. It's pretty cool. There's a neat twist. Frank did a nice job. Second story, which I really loved, is called The Smashing Cure. It's written by Scott Ackerman, a comedian, art by R.B. Silva. And it's a Doc Sampson story set in Greenland, so Planet Hulk where everyone's a Hulk. So it's Doc Samson, a therapist, dealing with a world where everyone is a Hulk and everyone can at any second turn into a Hulk. So basically he's like doing anger management therapy. It starts with Hank Pym and Janet Van Dyne. And you see this every session is just him trying to counsel someone. And by the end, them becoming a Hulk and him just being like, this is terrible. I hate my life so much. And then Peter Parker comes in and Samson finally maybe can make a breakthrough, but he has to pull out a very cool secret weapon. This was so fun. I loved this story. Uh, in a week with a lot of funny stuff between uh, Guardians Team Up and Groot, uh, that that probably was the story that I had the most fun with. Ultimate End number three. Really getting down to brass tacks over an ultimate end where Brian Michael Bendis is writing, Mark Bagley on the art. Um, the heroes are trying to figure out what the heck to do. Uh, last issue, there was a battle of Hulks. Now, 
Nick Fury, Ultimate Nick Fury, has captured Marvel Universe Hulk. We're really starting to see the, the tension between the Ultimate Heroes and the Marvel Heroes. Feels like there is a reckoning coming. We see what happened between the two Hulks, why they ended up fighting, a little background there. Tony Stark, our Tony Stark, Marvel Tony Stark. It's very confusing. Um, starting to really chafe against Nick Fury. And then we get the Punishers meeting up. So the Marvel Universe Punisher and the Ultimate Punisher, it's only a few pages long, but it's intense. And then we start to see why the Ultimate Punisher could be a bigger threat than all of this. All this cosmic stuff, all this, you know, incursions and whatever. The Punisher may be the biggest problem that these guys have to deal with. Rounding the corner here, we got Unbeatable Squirrel Girl, number seven, written by Ryan North, art by Erica Henderson. As always, this book is a ton of fun. Colors by Rico Renzi. So all of New York and Earth is now really pissed off because Girl Squirrel, who is this character introduced last issue, we learn a lot more about, is sowing the seeds of discord. Everyone's angry. The only hope is we've got uh, Squirrel Girl, we've got Chipmunk Hunk, we've got Koi Boy, and we've got Nancy. Uh, what I will say is that there is an Asgardian element to what is going on, which means the Thors get involved. Uh, Squirrel Girl fights the Avengers. Let's just leave it at that. She has to. They're really pissed off. Um, Koi Boy, maybe the character find of 2015, with his great lines talking about the noble Koi and how you can't underestimate them. Uh, Nancy, and who's a big Thor fangirl, uh, ends up having made stuff. Um, you get the stuff at the bottom of the page, a little indents, great letters page. Total package with Unbeatable Squirrel Girl. Not talking about Lex Luger. This is even better. He doesn't get it. It's okay. Um, two more Secret Wars things, and we're going to call it a day. Extinction Agenda number two, written by Mark Guggenheim. Art by Carmine DGN Domenico. Havoc, Wolfsbane, and their crew from Genosha. They want a cure. There's this crazy plague going on, and they believe that if they can get Triage, who's one of the X-Men they can solve it. The X-Men didn't want to give it to them, so they invade where the X-Men live on X-City, um, and they they try to take it back by any means necessary. There's some great fights. Another thing we learn here is that Beast, much like how our, in our Marvel Universe he brought the all-new X-Men to the present, the original five X-Men here, he brought Thunderbird, Wolverine, and Banshee, all dead. Um, he brought them back. So they're a wild card, and they end up being a big wild card in this fight. Really cool fight. A lot of different mutants get utilized. Um, Guggenheim clearly having a lot of fun using his knowledge of these guys' powers and relationships to make some neat matchups happen. And uh, the conflict here is really about, you know, Havoc, supposedly a hero. How far is he going to try to do what he thinks is right? Is he doing the right thing? And war is on the horizon for the X-Men. Finally, speaking of X-Men, Years of Future Past number two, written by Marguerite Bennett, art by Mike Norton. We continue to explore kind of this cool prequel to Days of Future Past. You know, it, there's a battle world aspect, but also this really is, you know, could potentially lead into the classic story. Uh, we get a little more background on the children of Kitty Pride and Colossus, as well as Wolverine's son. Then in the present, we see the remaining mutants after... Blob got killed last issue. Uh, the Sentinels are running wild. Senator, Senator or President Kelly is up to no good. Rachel finds where Storm's at. And there's a lot of action in the first half of this issue, and then a lot of philosophy in the second half. Colossus has this great one-page dialogue or monologue talking to Kitty and Wolverine's son, or their, her, his daughter and Wolverine's son, about the dangers of jokes. 
And that sounds funny, but it's actually very serious, and it's kind of cool, and it's really well written by Marguerite. And at the end, we get these things called Doom Sentinels, where these giant sentinels with, like, doom hoods who are attacking the people, and we see that Kitty Pride has an awesome, awesome contingency plan for dealing with them. Alec, talk for, like, 20 seconds so I can drink some water. Oh, I can definitely do that. Um, out of all the books that we're looking at here, I gotta say, Secret Wars number four is the one I'm looking most forward to reading. I would not fault you for that. Secret Wars four is amazing. Um, I think I sold it as such. Uh, close runners up, not even runners up, just other really good books to read this week. Uh, Giant Size Little Marvel ABX number two, a lot of fun. Secret Wars Journal number three, that Doc Sampson story and the noir story, but really Doc Sampson story, I loved. Red Skull is this cool subversive bit. There's a lot of good stuff out this week. Oh, and Groot number two, man. That was that was an emotional butt kicker, too. So a lot of good stuff to read this week. Uh, I'll make my official twim of the week just because Secret Wars, I feel like, is an easy one. I'm going to go with uh, Giants as Little Marvel. That is a good book. Collections on sale this week, Avengers Volume 6, Infinite Avengers. Guardians of the Galaxy and X-Men, The Black Vortex. That was huge, of course, and it's all out in hardcover now. Runaways, The Complete Collection, Volume 4. S.H.I.E.L.D. Volume 1, Perfect Bullets. That's a good read. Star Wars Legends Epic Collection Volume 1, The Old Republic. Thor, God of Thunder Volume 2. That's out in hardcover. Digital Comics. Everything I just mentioned is out there. And also on the app, you guys can read all new, all different Marvel previews, which I will talk about when we get to our news section. But um, you should definitely read it. And I'll explain why. Just bear with me for a few minutes. Also on our app... We've got Black Panther, The Man Without Fear, 513 through 518. That was a cool, underrated run from a couple years ago. Daredevil, original series, issues 33 through 41. Collections on the app, Black Panther, The Man Without Fear, Volume 1, Urban Jungle, so you can catch it all there. Daredevil by Frank Miller and Klaus Janssen, Volume 3. Daredevil, Lone Stranger, that's a cool 80s collection of Daredevil stories. Daredevil, Loves Labor's Lost, the same. Guardians of the Galaxy and X-Men, Black Vortex, Shield, Volume 1, Perfect Bullets, Star Wars Legends Epic Collection, The Old Republic Volume 1, Ultimate Fantastic Four Volume 9, Silver Surfer. Freshly digitized over on Marvel Unlimited, we've got Daredevil number 11, Deadpool number 39, Death of Wolverine, The Logan Legacy number 7, Hawkeye number 21, Hawkeye vs. Deadpool number 3, Loki, Agent of Asgard number 9, Magneto number 13, Marvel's The Avengers number 1, New Avengers number 28, Nova number 25, Shield number 1, really good read. Secret Avengers number 11, Silver Surfer number 8, Superior Iron Man number 3, and Uncanny X-Men number 29. So some news for you guys. I just mentioned all new, all different Marvel previews. You know, we've been teasing out these books that are going to be part of the post-Secret Wars Marvel Universe, the all new, all different Marvel Universe. Well, we decided to, you know, open the floodgates this week, and we published all new, all different Marvel previews. If you go to your local retailer, they have this great magazine where you can see previews one page art and a little bit of dialogue or not dialogue but a teaser line plus the creative teams for like i think it's 50 books it's somewhere in that neighborhood um it's awesome it's also available on the app it's also available in the marvel comic shop so you can read it online but yeah it's a really great primer and of course we're going to keep rolling out the interviews with creative teams to give you some more evidence and also alec coming up on monday you and I, a couple weeks ago, spoke to, as I recall, 17 different editors, about 45 different titles. So if you guys are enjoying, you, you just picked up all new Marvel, all new, all different Marvel previews, you're like, all right, this looks really cool, I want more, 
Monday that drops. It was a huge. It was a huge accomplishment on our part. I give you a lot of credit because you were the you. one running in and out of the room, herding these guys in here. But that's something special we did for you guys. I hope you'll enjoy it. Meanwhile, on the site right now, you can learn more about Vision, which is a fun, super fun new series. Uh, really quirky by Tom King and Gabriel Hernandez Walta. It follows the Vision as he tries to pursue the American dream, tries to settle down and have a family. I need I say more? Like that kind of sells it, right? Uh, Extraordinary X-Men, the new flagship X-Men title by Jeff Lemire and Umberto Ramos. Storm is leading the team. Cyclops is missing. Stuff's going on with mutants. A lot of mystery and fun there. Ant-Man's going to continue on by Nick Spencer and Ramon Rosanas. No reason to switch it. It's, it's a pretty good book. And then Uncanny and Humans by Charles Soule and Steve McNiven is going to welcome the Human Torch and Beast to New Adelan, cause some problems with Black Bolt. These are going to keep rolling out. We are not stopping. We have a lot more to talk about. Uh, beyond all new, all different Marvel, Stuart Immonen did a Star Wars sketchbook for us. No surprise, it looks beautiful. Some exclusive pencils that you can see and Stuart's commentary on them. Part one on Marvel.com. Part two, either up now or coming soon to our buddies over at StarWars.com. Hero of the Month, of course, our fun poll feature where you guys decide who the best hero for every month is in terms of Marvel, and this goes across comics, video games, movies, TV. For June, you guys picked Magneto, which is cool, though he's kind of a jerk. Uh, what do you think, Alec? I think he's cool. Yeah? I don't know. It's tough. It's a controversial he's kind pick. Of, he's kind of not a nice guy yeah, all the time. does what needs to be done. Is he a hero? That's the question. Um, we classified him ones this time. If you guys have different thoughts, please uh, use the hashtag Marvel Hero of the Month and make your thoughts known. Also, vote on July's Hero of the Month. Our choices were, I'm going to try to remember these off the top of my head and hopefully not fail, uh, Captain America, Sam Wilson, Steve Rogers, former Captain America, we got Ant-Man, Scott Lang. We have Elsa Bloodstone, Faiza Hussein, who of course is Excalibur, but she's going to be Captain Britain on Battleworld. Last but not least, Venom, Flash Thompson, who is going to have some major Secret Wars stuff going on. And then over in games, uh, we're going to have a lot of games announcements coming up this week. Uh, you guys may have seen a teaser that Ant-Man is basically taking over Marvel games, so there'll be more info on that. And the first one to hit is Ant-Man Pinball. Read more about that on the site. Okay. We are going to go to Blake and Ryan talking to the Refuse. Were you there for this one? Yes, I okay. was. You got any insight? It's a lot of fun. A lot of Great fun. Great listen. Great we'll get, listen. We'll get that. We will go out west to Mark and uh, company. And we'll be back to answer your questions and comments. And we will wait with bated breath to see if Ryan shows up at the last minute. Stay tuned. This Week in Marvel. Hello, Marvelites. Welcome to This Week in Marvel. I'm Ryan Panagos, a.k.a. Marvel's Agent M, and I'm joined by... Blake Garris, and we have the very, very special pleasure of being joined by... Please introduce yourself, sirs. I'm David from uh, Refused. I'm Dennis from Refused. It's such an honor to have you guys by. This is really cool. <laughs> this is really cool. Ryan saw you guys last night. He was pretty, You were geeking out to me about this show. Yeah, I was having fun. I mean, like, <laughs> I'm from Long Island. So, and I was, you know, hardcore kid in the 90s and stuff right. and going to shows and then putting on shows and, and we were talking about uh, the PWAC last night and you guys coming out and in like 97 and yeah. just fun. It's, and I was thinking as like a 13, 14 year old and seeing the donut CD at like a distro <laughs> 
and learning about them and like Sweden was this like far off place yeah, and then yeah. like getting more into hardcore around the world and stuff like that and then you know you guys and then just blowing up it's, it's freaking cool are we sitting at the Marvel office talking about the donut that's CD? fantastic <laughs> I love that. That, that's my love you know that. that's my history though yeah, like yeah, I yeah. you know I, I ran into at your show last night uh, I'm standing there and a guy says my name and I look at him and I'm like know who this is and I, he says my name again and i was like hi i stick my hand out i go to shake his hand i'm like i'm sorry and he's he's like i will punch you and i'm like i tilt my head and it's his name is mark he's in a band called two man advantage he booked i i worked for him booking shows right for four years when yeah. i was a teenager and right, i was like right, right. we had a big long island hardcore reunion at your show last night so it was great Thank That's you for cool. that, for That's coming brilliant. out, and uh, yeah. I'm just excited that you guys are playing again. You're doing music again. It's, yeah, it's pretty rad. Yeah, it is. Interesting. You guys into it? I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Of course. It's yeah, pretty fantastic. Uh, I mean, it's it's. Uh, I mean, you know, for a long time, refused was something that we weren't a part of. It just kind of floated out yeah. there, and now it, it's back. And like I said last night, I'm like, this is we're refused. This is not nostalgia anymore. It's just like this is what we're doing, and it, it feels. Uh, it's fantastic. Yeah, I mean, the crowd was... Uh, it was interesting because the crowd is all... Like, I'm 34. crowd was, you know, in their 30s and 40s. Yeah. A lot of the crowd <laughs> last night are just losing their minds. Everybody's saying, it was good to see it. Like, yeah. <laughs> you, not every band gets to bring out uh, everybody who had seen you for so many years, you know? Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. Pretty I fun. pointed that out last night. Yeah. I'm like, people are almost my age. You're, you're <laughs> dancing the whole set. That's awesome. Yeah. A lot of joint... <laughs> today yeah <laughs> i uh so i told you my buddy paul who was he's on parks and recreation and yeah. he was on large and the real girl and all so he told me to, <laughs> to say this to you and i never usually do this but he would kill me but he says he says right now he's at a cafe giggling like a preteen junkie with earphones in lyric web website up live videos on and then he's skipping home to air drum his way through the documentary for the thousandth time Skype his relatives in Molsjo or something. Molsjo. Yes, that sounds better. And start the process of deciding what shoes he's going to wear. And then he says, then it shows, shows, shows. Iron Maiden and Refuse made all the difference for me. Thanks, guys. Ye expletiving hall. Hall. Yeah. So fantastic. <laughs> so you've you got awesome. fans everywhere. Yeah. Pretty rad. It is weird when, because as you said, like we're all grown up now. And you meet people at the strangest places where just like, yeah, I saw you 95 at this venue. And like, holy crap. And it, it, it's quite interesting how that happens. Because, I mean, we, I just kept playing music. Yeah. While the other people got the <laughs> together. I just kept playing music. And now when we're out, we refuse again. A lot of people are coming up. And you meet them in the weirdest places. It's quite Yeah, and it's something also interesting. Like belonging to or coming from like the hardcore world, which is such a strange place. Because both there's both like the craziness and the stupidity of just fighting each other in the pit but there's also like so many ideas and stuff so a lot of people who came from that world ended up like in the mayor's office or they ended up on the streets like it's yeah. you know it's there's no uh it's just such a strange mix of people yeah. that that uh show up yeah i mean that's so much of what helped me get to where i am now helping do all this that i do at marvel is because i was going to shows when i was 13 14 and started taking photos yeah. i started doing a website yeah. you know i started helping out at the at the door and then on stage and like just being part of it and that community is was so is so important to me yeah. 
and has affected so much of what I do. I think it's it's quite. We met someone last night that came came to the show, and they're like, "Oh, we started our own brewery, like DIY brewery, because we were all hardcore kids, and we set up shows, we did scenes, and we booked yeah. tours, and we took that knowledge, and we started our own brewery." Yeah. And I mean, that's what people do. A lot of people that we we meet are just like. Uh, the hardcore and the DIY thing is such a learning ground. Like yeah, people like, this is where we learn how to, to you know, to yeah, do the things like that make sense later. A lot of life. undiagnosed people, like <laughs> people, who <couldn't, laughs> people who couldn't like function maybe in the academies or in the you know in the in the just rest of society. But since you were like you could start doing things, putting things out, putting on shows when you were such a small, like you were a kid basically, yeah. so you could just learn things that way just hands-on learn things and then get good at it so there are a lot of people out there maybe if they tried to go like a regular route they probably would have ended up you know like uh, just medicated or something <laughs> but people just because as long as you function in society you don't really need help yeah even though you might have you know trouble with certain things but <laughs> there's a lot of people who are just like a bit too energetic <laughs> for their own good <laughs> but it's like hardcore people never stop moving i mean no. our guitar player like he went to film school and then he went to the royal academy of opera and he's like a he's an opera director and yeah. like a brilliant guitar player and he just never stops moving he's just it's a funny funny world that's kind of amazing yeah. um we'll get back to the refuse stuff but you're here at marvel uh yeah. we were walking into our illustrious uh podcast studio and you saw a Howard the Duck poster. Yeah. Uh, I, I could hear it. You started singing the song, yeah. which always gives me a giggle because it's so bad. It's, it's, it's one of those things that I love. I love ha that Howard the Duck yeah. you know, movie and the song, but it's so cheesy and so but silly. But a great thing about being from Sweden uh, when it comes to American pop culture is that we never, we could never, I mean, we never got the like, um, the status of the different like films or the different products in the culture. So if something <laughs> flopped, we had no idea about that. We just honestly, Howard the Duck yeah. or Indiana Jones. That was you know, equal to us. Level. Yeah, they, well, they were sort of. You know? They were right next to each <laughs> yeah. other on the shelf. In yeah. The, so you just and we rented. didn't know. I, I, we, I think we just assumed because I saw Howard the Duck when yeah, it came out, it. and yeah. I was like, "This is of course an awesome movie, and <laughs> why wouldn't it be?" Yeah. And uh, it's not until a couple of years ago I started reading about the biggest flops of movie history I'm like Howard Duck is on that list that's, that's insane yeah. I saw it twice yeah. when I was a kid what the yeah. hell you know it's like you saw Goonies you saw Howard the Duck yeah. you saw you know Goonies is some next level perfection that's true I, I think for uh, for like comic book fans especially in America it was like such a tonal shift from who the character is which is like satire and you know, are you familiar with Howard the Duck in the comics no not really oh man we should you know we'll try and get you some digital <laughs> stuff because when you read it it was like this great social commentary in the right. 70s and he was like running for president and all this other stuff and he was like it was really biting and it was really influential to a right, lot of right, our creators right. now who yeah. you know it's, it wasn't very vanilla it was very right. it was risque for the time right, right, maybe, right. maybe the movie is not the best representation of the character <laughs> right so it, like did it owe more to like sort of like countercultural like <laughs> comics like freak brothers like that yeah i mean there's there's a lot of that you know vibe to it steve gerber yeah. was the the writer and he's just doing some amazing stuff that um, was appreciated at the right. time, but is really like you. A lot of the creators who were reading Howard the Duck when they were kids, yeah. now it's like are able to put a cool spin to what they're doing. And it's, it's again, it's like 
what you know as your as a kid and what influences you then yeah. and how that affects you now is pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you guys see Guardians of the Galaxy? Yes. Yeah, of course. Did you see Howard the Duck in that? No. Did you not stick? Come on, wow. guys. That's that's. Or, that's or did I? Don't remember. What no, you would have remembered. It's yeah. you, it, so if you get a chance, watch it, or just go straight. You know, if you have the DVD, Blu-ray, whatever. Right. Go to the yeah. end. Wait through the end of the credits. Oh, uh, that's probably it. Yeah, because <laughs> we we have a tendency to do that with a lot of our movies. We right, put right, something right. right at the end, and because uh, I rewatched Guardians of the Galaxy yeah. like. Two weeks ago, or something. Yeah, he actually also shows up very briefly in another scene. Like you, if you don't know he's there, you will miss him. But he's right. he's sort of like in silhouette okay. in, in the background. It's pretty amazing. <laughs> Howard's great. great. <laughs> I know when we were taking photos by the wall, you were gravitating towards uh, Doctor Doom. Yeah. Is there a reason behind? No, I just like a lot of that stuff. Just like was, you know, like mythological to me when I was a kid just reading that stuff I mean it was scary dark weird characters that just you know ignited your imagination I was very afraid of the dark when I was a kid and those kind of characters were just sort of like they fueled that Mm. like uh, excitement in a sense yeah I mean you're still afraid of the dark I'm still afraid (laughs) it's okay hey man it happens um what was it like what kind of comics did you get because I'm always fascinated in America you know we know how the cadence of when comics come out I've talked to people like Simon Pegg who growing up in the UK reading comics that there were some UK only comic magazines that he was familiar with that we didn't get here or also like they would get comics much later than they were originally released here how was it for you guys I think it was pretty similar because everything has to be translated to Swedish so it was like comics that had a bunch of different, uh, yeah. you know, different characters in yeah. them, and you know, like a compilation of those comics. But then, uh, I mean, I read comics quite a lot, but I read like stuff like Judge Dredd and Sandman, and that yeah. kind of, that kind of. Sure. Thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Dark. But that was that well. was later, like in that was later, teens, yeah, yeah, in my teens. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Sweden is a very small country, so there's you know there's not that big of a market. No. So you got the big like I read Superman when I was a kid, and yeah, I, but my big thing was Spider Man when I was like, I don't know, I don't know what age I can't even. But I read like Spider Man like religiously. Was it some? Was it that you had access to Spider Man, or yeah, that you I mean that, gravitated towards the character? Or yeah, I I loved the character. Yeah. I just loved. I mean, now there's been movies and and all that stuff. It's sort of like, uh, sort of. Uh, Back then, it was just sort of like you discovered on your own that, like he was like a conflicted character, and he was like not just like that whole anti-hero stuff, like that he didn't want to do that, and he had to do it, and he, you know, like all the moral stuff, like it really, it really got to me at a certain age. Yeah. I, th- I thought it was really, really like it was great. It was like sort of educational and yeah, in a great way, and I loved it. I loved it, and I loved like Venom and. Like, like I really and he, the eating of the brains that, yeah, that, yeah, that yeah. clicked yeah. with you yeah yeah, yeah. but it was yeah. great yeah what yeah. about you well but the same thing with Spider-Man also when when it got dark like that that whole thing when when he became the Venom or the the other Spider-Man when he yeah, yeah it was yeah. it was really cool very exciting so it's it was I mean, like when Kiss got rid of their makeup <laughs> <laughs> sort of but the opposite I'm not sure sort of but the opposite uh, I think you also mentioned Thor and Loki yeah but I think that, that connection is partly due to uh, I mean that that used to be our religion in Sweden mm-hmm. or Scandinavia uh, yeah hundreds I just I just love the ago. fact that they're like 
characters that are in the public consciousness because I've read a lot of the old like Norse myths mm -hmm. and and they're just those stories are just insane I mean they're completely insane <laughs> they're like you know because they only have fragments of all the myths you know uh, that's been you know that's still there that you can that yeah. you can read so much of it is lost but they're just there's like a some sort of dwarf named Lit who's only in one myth and his only purpose that is that uh, Thor gets angry and, and kicks him into a pyre and he, he burns up and he was like really like a handyman and that's all you know if you <laughs> like this one dwarf and this is like the like they make no sense like they I mean you can make sense of them I suppose but a lot of the old like ancient myths are just crazy just yeah totally and they're, all, they're also I mean no one wrote them down they were just retold and yeah. retold you yeah know? so that's it's quite fascinating when you see that uh, from our perspective yeah. like that that sort of culture you know yeah but Loki Loki is one of my favorite characters like in world literature he's, he's such a like like strange being just I mean he's he he like he takes the shape of a what is it like a horse and he gives uh, birth to yeah. like he's like a he's like a queer weird just yeah. unbelievable character and we, he's so uh, funny and he's and he's like the the active agent in all the situations like yep. he starts all the bad stuff and then he solves most of it and then he starts like the end of the world the yeah. um, the Armageddon we because we use Loki in in so many of our movies yeah. and and Tom Hiddleston is such an incredible actor yes. that we saw so many fans like learning about Loki so i would get like watching people on Twitter yeah. talking about learning about the mythology and learning about the stories and sort of like being like, oh my God, yeah. like as they were exposed to something that they'd never known before, which is pretty cool. It's just, you know, they take something from this point, which is our, you know, pop superhero, supervillain type thing and go backwards and find so much more. I thought it was, it's been pretty cool. Yeah. We have a Loki comic that we should try to get you some copies of, which oh, yeah. is, um, he is called the Agent of Asgard. Oh, right, uh, right, right. And he's good and bad. Yeah. And there's like three versions of him. And right. he's a kid. He's an old man. He's a trickster. He's. But do you know stuff. like how much how much you go back to like the original like myths and texts? Um, here and there, it depends on yeah. the writer, and yeah. you know, it depends on what they you know what pieces they're pulling out of. Yeah. Um, you know, like Stan and Jack, Stanley and Jack Kirby pulled like actually had a a series of like Asgardian tales that they right. would start they would act, I think they were pulling bits and pieces from myth and this was in the 60s right, and right. so now we have a lot of writers who are doing some of that too but you know a lot of it is also because we have 50 years of history with these characters that we've yeah, developed yeah, of course. it's it's taken on these right. lives of their own yeah that's fantastic Funny. I mean I, I love, love this yeah. this is one story I just told you but I, I just I just love this story about Loki because Thor has like angered some giant I mean Thor is always kind of angry yeah Thor Thor just makes like he's like really like he has anger management issues <laughs> in the myths like he just kills people for like they're just like hanging around and suddenly he just turns around and kills someone just for no reason he's just nuts and he's angered some giant and the giant and to to appease the giant they 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 have to make him laugh and then he they he, he gets to choose a, a bride or something and uh and and um, and Loki and they all try like they tickle him and they try to tell <laughs> jokes and like all do all this stuff and at some point Loki just ties a string to the the beard of a goat 
and he ties the and this is in the ancient myth he ties the other end of the string to his like package and he just lets uh, the the goat loose <laughs> and, and that, that makes him yeah, laugh yeah 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 of course of course <laughs> yeah. you imagine who would oh, laugh at that you know maybe we could get that into <laughs> one of the comics I'll yeah. talk to the writer unfortunately on that note we have to wrap up no we but we haven't really check. talked about but the, we, uh, the music yeah yet. no no real I, quick you I know guys, you, no 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 you guys came in 2012 uh, which was awesome. I saw you guys at the show, one of the shows here, Terminal 5. Fantastic. Yeah. So great Thanks. to see you again. And um, like now you're touring, got new music. How did this spark up again? Well, I mean, 2012 was the reason it sparked up. I mean, we, we were living, for, for a long time people asked us to get back together and we were like, that's never going to happen. And then all of a sudden we were living in the same city. We were all hanging out, playing music in different constellations. And then we yeah. got offers from Coachella and we're like, yeah. Maybe this could be done. So yeah. we started touring, and we did 2012, and it was fun. Yeah. And I mean, those shows, Terminal Five, just like it was, it was fantastic. And then um, it was pretty natural. Like it started yeah. with music, just <laughs> us playing. Like me and Dennis were playing in one band. Me and Chris and Maggs were playing in another band. And we were like hanging out, making music, and doing stuff again, which we hadn't. Which was basically how we started back in '91. Yeah. Like we did different music stuff together before we started Refuse. Just having fun, and, and basically, it's the way it's the way it went this time. Just kind of grew on us, and then because they had songs, the other guys, and then they asked me one day, like, "Do, do you want to sing on these songs? Should we make it refused?" And yeah. I was super skeptical, but then I heard the songs, and I was like, "Oh wait!" Then I got too curious. I was like, "I can't, <laughs> I can't." But then I think we should out <laughs> great story. Chris did it the other day, actually. Uh, we were playing um, a festival in in the UK called uh, Download Festival. Yeah. Black Sabbath played bunch of bands played yeah, yeah. and we're playing and this guy that played he was like the tour drummer for Ugly Kid Joe I think yeah or yeah. bassist like Bass. the standing guy and he walks up to Chris and he's like you guys are fantastic I love your band and he's like but you're not making new music are you and Chris is like no because at that point but he was like he was like you're not making new music are you yeah, yeah. and Chris was like no I'm, I'm, that's, I that's think that's good. smart that's smart that's and Chris got so upset with this that he was just like, we need to write a song. <laughs> we need to write just one song. <laughs> just shut, shut this guy up. <laughs> and so I guess we, we was got, so provoked. Yeah, we got, the, you know, we have to thank that guy from Aguilke Joe for yeah. making this happen. <laughs> hey, sometimes you need a fire lit under you. Yeah, to yeah, yeah. Chris just went home yeah. and wrote this great riff that's yeah. uh, on the record. A song called Thought is Blood. Yeah, Chris got so provoked that yeah. we're back. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, so where are fans going to be able to find you guys online, and when can they you know, hear the new record? I mean, the record's out in a couple of weeks, 28th of June. Yeah, of June already? Of June. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the it's, it's, out it's almost, June. I mean, we're here touring, playing new songs. So yeah, yeah. Just trying to, and um, yeah, they can Google us online. Me and David has Instagram, they can find us there. And you're doing Madison Square Garden soon, too, right? Yes. That's pretty <laughs> awesome. Yeah. It's pretty... On yeah. this, when is it? August. August. Somewhere. August five or six. Fifth or something. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's two nights. I think. No, Maybe? I think no? it's just no, one. That'd be fantastic. I don't know. I think yeah. it's one night. But it's uh, it's with Fate No More. Yeah. And uh, yeah, yeah, they they be begged cool. us. They were like, "Please play with us." <laughs> we're like, "Okay," because I mean, yeah, that's gonna be great. It's it's like uh, like I was saying last night at the show. I'm like. There's certain things in life you just play music, and and a lot of your family and, and relatives they don't really understand what you're doing. They're like, yeah, he's playing music, but when you get the Madison Square, the the call from Madison Square Garden, 
that's when you call your parents and you're like, you're right, that this is what we're doing. So <laughs> I've I've friends like from they used to go to my like like high school class. They're flying over. That's amazing for that show. Like my guy, he was like, if I'm coming over, I'm gonna take a vacation. Me and the wife, I'm like, yeah, you're on the guest list. He's like, are you sure? I'm like, yeah, you're on the guest list. I'll I'll put you on the guest list. We'll hang at Madison Square Garden. I think he called me five times. It's like, are you sure? I'm like, yes, we'll make it happen. Like, if you fly to that's New York, cute. it's gonna happen. So that's awesome. That's gonna be great. Very, yeah. very exciting. Yeah, I saw Faith No More three weeks ago or whatever here in the city, and I interviewed Bill, the bassist, right. yeah, yeah. Uh, talking about it. he's like a huge Silver Surfer and Nova fan from back in the cool. day. So it's super cool. <laughs> I, look, I'm just having a fun time. Yeah. And I thank you guys for coming yeah, by. A lot. Really thank appreciate you. it. Maybe we should fun. have. Uh, plan it better so we could talk more about yeah. it. We'll be back next time. And you are welcome to come anytime yes. you want. Just hang out. That would be fantastic. Cool. Thanks, cool. guys. Thanks. Thanks. This is Marvel, your universe. Hello there this week in Marvelites. This is Marvel.com editor Mark Strom, joined by Marvel.com assistant editor Patrick Cavanaugh. For another thrilling installment of the Stromy and the Wolfman show, starring uh, the Wolfman and Stromy. This edition is actually coming to you from the uh, comics library here in Marvel Studios, because uh, we couldn't find uh, an empty office anywhere, so uh, or an empty meeting room or anything like that, so... We uh we are instead camping on the comics library. I'm I'm holding up the original Singe right now. Yeah, there. here's here's I didn't proof. I even know this came out. Here's proof that we're in the comics library. Patrick is just, just rubbing the microphone on comic books. Patrick just rubbed the microphone on some comic books. That that happened. But we're not here to talk to you about comics. We're here. What? Of course not. We're, Why we're, would we talk about comics? We're here to talk to you about. Well, sort of everything else. Uh, all things movies and TV. Of course, this week we had the big um, world premiere of Marvel's Ant-Man. We had the live stream of that. We had the all the cast on screen, a lot of special guests. Who did we talk to? We talked to Paul Rudd. We talked to Michael Peña, Corey Stahl, Evangeline Lilly, uh, Michael Douglas, T.I. Greg uh, Turkington. Stan Lee, Greg Turkington. Who plays Dale. And uh, uh, Tamara even asked him the question that you requested she asked. Absolutely. Um, and uh, the consummate professional Greg Turkington, when asked how many bags of popcorn he would give his own film, he said it could be one, it could be two, and that he rarely gives out five. But he would not want to give a premature rating as to ruin his credibility. The, consummate professional. There's a reason why he's a cinema expert. The the the. Uh, so Patrick had to explain this joke to me because as I'm familiar with it, he does a show on Adult Swim in which he gives... On cinema, at the cinema. On cinema, at the cinema, in which he ends every review with giving it five bags of popcorn. So... There's a lot of five baggers out there. Here's 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 hoping that Ant-Man gets its own five bags. Um, yep, so you can catch that entire live stream on... Uh, our YouTube channel on Marvel.com. You can replay it all over there. You can see all the photos from all of the uh, stars that were there. We also, during the live stream, debuted an exclusive clip from the film in which uh, Ant-Man experiences a trial by fire, or should we say a trial by water? Yeah, definitely yeah. trial by water. Tri There's no fire. Tri trial by water in this one. Um so you can go and check that out again on Marvel.com and on our YouTube page. 
Uh, I'm trying to think of what other Ant-Man activity. We we posted an interview yesterday, correct, with Peyton Reed? Peyton Reed, yeah. yeah. He talked uh, – it's actually the first of a two-part interview. Uh, the first part that we posted yesterday is mostly him talking about where the characters are coming from in the story. Talks a lot about Hank Pym and Scott Lang and some of their similarities and just the, the cast – uh, talking about how, or excuse me, Peyton Reed talking about the cast, how excited he is, especially about Michael Douglas getting to be Hank Pym, because Peyton Reed's a big, big fan of comic books. Grew up reading a lot of comics in the 60s and 70s, or the comics from the 60s and 70s. So that was the first part. Stay tuned for the next part, which will be potentially next week, potentially the week after, sometime before the movie comes out. And I will also be posting, uh, well, after we record this, so by the time you're listening to it, it should be out there, an interview with uh, producer Kevin Feige about the film. And we've got some more interviews coming up your way. We've still got to post one with uh, Evangeline Lilly. We've still got to post one with Corey Stahl. Uh, this Kevin Feige one may wind up being a uh, two- a two-part interview. Mark is Mark is distracted. Has been distracted this entire time because we are literally surrounded by comic books. So he starts saying a sentence, grabs a comic book, starts flipping through it while trying to also finish his sentence. And I just point out the fact that something that's filed in here has Spider-Man written on it, but without the hyphen. And I'm really concerned that we are uh, we are dealing with amateurs uh, somewhere around here. Uh, this is ridiculous. But, yes, this is true. I, I literally am just sort of, like, getting very distracted. And, ooh, comic book. <laughs> Never seen one of those before. Um, I think that's all we got for f- uh, film, correct? We did mention more interviews. Tomorrow yes. we'll be posting uh, a Corey Stoll interview. Yes, yes. We've so got more keep interviews. keep your eyes out for that. Uh, and, of course, Marvel's Ant-Man in theaters July 17th. Tickets on sale now. Also go on Twitter and uh, – what? Nope, never mind. No, yeah, It'll be, be too that'll late. That will be done by the time <laughs> you be, are. If you are listening to this in the past, if you have a time machine, you could have potentially tweeted with a specific hashtag to try and bring Ant-Man to you. But uh, that will end before this podcast goes out. It was a very limited 24-hour 24 uh, 24-hour contest. So – there's a good reason why you should follow at Marvel and at Ant-Man on Twitter. Nice plug there. Thank you. Shifting over to the wonderful world of television, we just posted right before we record this a new Marvel's Agent Carter poster that will be av- available at the Marvel booth, number 2329 at San Diego Comic-Con next week, July 9th through 12th, uh, while supplies last. Uh, it's a really gorgeous piece by Chris Anka, who you guys know as uh, he's drawn Uncanny X-Men. He's drawn. Um, he's going to be drawing the new Captain Marvel series uh, that Michelle Fizekas and Tara Butters, who are the showrunners of Marvel's Agent Carter, will be writing. Um, great guy, great artist. You can go check out the print. It features Peggy and Jarvis. Uh, in their new setting of Los Angeles. They are moving out to Hollywood for season two. Uh, and you can get a little taste of that right now. And if you're at Comic-Con, you can uh, stop by the booth and pick up your own poster. And, of course, you can also see the creators and cast of Marvel's Agent Carter during our Marvel Television Presents panel on Friday. And they will also be signing... Uh, at the Marvel booth on Saturday, and we should be talking to them on the live stream. So check out all of that. 
what you got going on over in the uh, animated world of animated animation. This Sunday, the uh, return of Marvel's Avengers Assemble. We have a brand new episode at 8.30 a.m. on Disney XD. In this episode, the Squadron Supreme send Speed Demon into Avengers Tower to wreak havoc. And the only one who really picks up on what's going on is Hulk. And Hulk contacts Tony and is basically saying, Tony, help me catch this Speed Demon. And Tony says, well, all right, but you're going to absorb some of his speed powers. And uh, so Hulk must chase after Speed Demon. There's lots of cool, fast-running stuff. Excellent. I, I just discovered uh, a comic, The Punisher, A Man Named Frank, uh, by Chuck Dixon and John Buscema, which seems to be a reimagination of The Punisher in the Old West. This looks awesome. Also in the world of Marvel animation, this Tuesday, you can tune in to a brand new episode of Marvel's Ultimate Spider-Man Web Warriors. That's right. 9 p.m. Tuesday night on Disney XD begins a very uh, very momentous run of episodes about S.H.I.E.L.D. Academy. We saw, last we saw Spider-Man, he was dealing with the Spider-Verse. Things have calmed down a little bit, and he gets to focus on being a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent. So you get to see other web warriors. You get to see Spider-Man taking a class where the wizard is his professor. And also uh, they unlock accidentally or wake up Arnim Zola. And what's really cool is Arnim Zola is voiced by Mark Hamill and the Wizard is voiced by Robert Patrick. So definitely tune in to that Tuesday at 9 p.m. on uh, Disney XD. I'm smelling comics right now. They smell wonderful. Yeah, uh, we I should we should cut our losses and just get get this over with now I, I so you can stay in here. I the classic Space Punisher by Frank Thierry and Mark Texiera. If you have not read that, you should because it, it is legitimately insane and awesome. All right, we're going to let you guys go because uh, you guys aren't interested in listening to me talk about my comic. Ooh, War of Kings. I should um, point out there will not be a new installment of Whacker and the Wolfman. No, I know. no, timing-wise, we were not able to make it work this week. And actually, there won't be one next week either. No, because we'll, we'll be recording live. Where? At, at San Diego Comic-Con. Good God. Yep. That's right. So, uh, anyone, the, the next episode, no, I think a new episode will come out next Wednesday. Yeah, yeah, th- it'll still come, or Thursday, whenever this comes out. Yeah. We just record it. We don't pay attention to when they post it. Anyways, if you are at San Diego Comic-Con, uh, Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific time is when we'll be coast- coasting. We'll be recording a live episode of This Week in Marvel featuring myself and uh, Mark Strom, who's standing next to me. You might know him as Stromy. Also features Agent M, not the lead singer of Tsunami Bomb, but Agent M, Ryan Panagos. And Blake Garris. And special I'm, guests. I'm Blake Garris. Rawr, rawr, rawr. All right. On that note, we're going to wish you a splendiferous weekend, a splendiferous week. We'll chat with you again in seven more days. As always, we thank you for listening. And remember to drink your oval team. And we're back here on the East Coast. Uh, ben Moore, senior editor of Marvel.com. My intern, Alec, is with me as well. Ryan Panagos, H&M, still in clandestine meetings. 
he may burst in at some point, or you guys may just have to follow him on Twitter. I will say this. Um, next week, San Diego Comic-Con, we will have all the details up on Marvel.com and on our social channels. So, of course, as always, you guys can follow us, see all the news as it's happening. If you are in the San Diego area, there will be a live This Week in Marvel podcast going on next Thursday. Not sure if that's going to be our sole episode next week. I have a feeling it will be, so... I don't know if it'll go up on time necessarily, um, but that will be happening. And Ryan and Blake are going to be there. They got some special guests. Uh, it's going to be live. Do you know who the special guest is? Uh, I have no idea. Okay. I'm sure Blake and Ryan will talk all about it. Um, but yeah, tweet Ryan, tweet Blake, get all the info. If you're going to be at Comic-Con, this is a cool thing you can go to. I know a lot of you guys want to go to our live podcast, but you're like, you know, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not in Vancouver right now, uh, which is fair. But a lot of you who listen will be at Comic-Con, so you can go to this. It's actually part of the official Comic-Con schedule, so you can also go to the official site of Comic-Con International and just look at the panel schedule, and uh, we're listed. So go there, support these guys, and next week should be very interesting in terms of what we post as a podcast. But right now, let's get to your questions and comments. Of course, you can use the hashtag ThisWeekInMarvel. We start with Agent Twim, Tyler Short says is inferno number two maddie says she couldn't read russian language thoughts i call bull i I would agree with you on that tyler i feel like telepaths can generally read pretty much anything just like there's an instant translation right because the mind has one language does it yeah i feel like you think in whatever but like you should be able to translate i don't know that's That's interesting but yeah i thought you should be able to whatever she's a superpower for telepaths she should have a way around it um how is captain america verify twitter account uh, because we are very powerful and work in mysterious ways. I love this. For Thor to just triumphantly yell, he doesn't know someone's name. Silver Surfer, the Beast of Valkyrie, another whose name is... This is from like an old Defenders comic. This is pretty cool. Uh, and it's Gargoyle, uh, Thor. You should know him. Come on, man. On episode number 190, you said... You said, you hope I give 3D a chance, but it's not... I don't like it. It gives me and my wife migraines. Ah, Agent Twin. I, I totally understand, man. As a victim of headaches myself, uh, that stinks. Luckily, we do still pull out our movies in, in you know, non-3D. So, mm-hmm. you know, if you go to the 3D and can enjoy it, great. But if, like, your situation, obviously, different than most people, go enjoy the standard one. And uh, we, we, we make it just as good. Uh, I feel like the S.H.I.E.L.D. acronym must have been a running joke among writers. I've seen the acronym change between issues. I don't know if it's almost a running joke as uh, definitely in the earliest days of S.H.I.E.L.D., there may have been, you know, we, we weren't running quite as tight a ship editorially. May have been given multiple names. Uh, if you're a true Marvel nerd, you know what it stood for, what it stands for. You know all of that. I don't even fully know that. I know at one point it was like Supreme Headquarters Intelligence, uh, and then I don't know. Like, I can usually get the SHI parts. Um, Supreme Hazard something. Um, I'm losing cred. i got to move on. Um, oh, there was a part two of this tweet. It says... They'd take every chance they get to explain what it stands for as opposed to just letting it be. Well, you know, some fans enjoy that. I am shocked that this advanced civilization of Adelaide was built on the backs of an entire race of slaves until recently, just to be specific, referring to the Alpha Primitives. Yes, the Alpha Primitives were basically, yeah, they're they're an indentured race um, of inhumans who are just, I don't know if they're even humans, they're just these kind of second-class citizens who do all the inhumans' grunt work. It's kind of gross, and that's the whole thing, is that that's... That's the complexity of Adelan and of the Inhumans. They are this advanced civilization, and they did emerge from, you know, these experiments by the Kree. But something as simpler as basically like 
social classes is a big thing for them. And, you know, we look at them and they're, that's their culture. Their culture is, yeah, of course, it's totally cool to use alpha primitives as slave labor. We look at it, we're like, no, that is not cool. Um, that's made for some great stories over the years, and there's some classic Inhuman stuff there. Man, so what is, I don't even know what Agent Twim is reading. I think this is now like a, a some old Avengers story, but it says, Vision without clothes, this couldn't be a more jarring shot of him. It's him <laughs> sitting in bed, I think with Scarlet Witch, I assume, just, just wearing like boxers, and he's just like, you know, red. Letting it all hang out. Why should not, why, should I mean, Vision not have all of it? Yeah, just, should Vision have to sleep in his full uniform? Why? You know, because it makes Agent Twim uncomfortable. Whatever, it does dude. Not. Get over your hangups. You're just being all open minded about the Alpha primitives, and then turning around and asking Vision to put clothes on. That's that's not cool. Last Twim URC, you guys were wondering about last appearance being between her, and you guys forgot about Longshot saves the Marvel universe. Very good point, Agent Twim. In between her showed up there, and as always, he was awesome. Ben Rimley from Toronto, from Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Podcast with Eric Griffin might be my favorite so far. Man knows his Spidey reboots FTW. One of our great .5 podcasts there. Just finished Fear Itself, The Fearless. Solid recommendation. That is a good underrated book by uh, Boy Cullen Bunn and some other folks. Um, at episode 70 now, oh man, I forgot. This is, all these people who are like way behind catching up. Uh, got so happy when you figured out what Spock meant in regards to Spidey. That was, of course, Superior Auk or Spider Auk. It was a cool nickname. Doesn't doesn't work as well when I'm saying it to you guys out loud because you can't see it on the page with the capitalized O. Jason Aaron and Chris Bachalo make Doctor Strange look so metal. Hashtag get hyped. Uh, I agree. He just looks like a, a butt kicker. Like, with that giant axe, with his crazy looking face. Uh, Doctor Strange looks more dangerous than ever. I love it. On episode 73, so much hate for 616. While I agree Marvel Universe is user-friendly, 616 is like a secret nerd handshake. I don't need a secret nerd handshake. I'm going to give a normal handshake to everybody. Kate Benninger, that issue of Daredevil. Wow, you can literally feel the tension in each page. Amazing. Yeah, I, I stumped hard for Daredevil last week, and I agree. Anyone want to give me a crash course in the Korvax saga? Totally confused. Cade, um... Go on Marvel.com and do a search for Korvac or Korvac Saga. I know both myself and Jim Beard have written articles about it in the past, and uh, it's not as hard to understand as you may have been. If you're talking about the, the Secret Wars book, um, that's kind of a new story, so you shouldn't need to know anything going into it, but the classic Korvac Saga, I know we've done stuff on that. So I'm not going to try to sum it up here as we continue racing through this episode, but rest assured there's info out there. So... Are the Marvel Star Wars comics part of the official Star Wars canon? Yes. Easy answer. They definitely are. They take place between episodes four and five, and they are official canon. DJ Fanko. Two things I want from a Black Panther movie, nobility and drama. Ava DuVernay can deliver. And we get a great um, Mike Choi picture of Black Panther, and a lot of people checking in on what they want to see from Black Panther movie. You know, keep those thoughts coming. Hopefully we'll see some great stuff. Not hopefully, we definitely will. It's going to be an awesome movie. Hayden Sane, Nova Zigzag and Dustin Weaver's inspired Star-Lord design and Infinity Gauntlet were definitely highlights of last week for me. Yeah, we probably didn't talk enough about how great Weaver's art is on Infinity Gauntlet. Talked a lot about the writing, which he's also doing, so that's crazy. But yeah, his art and his designs are amazing. Really love the Avengers lineup in Korvac Saga number one. Excellent picks from the era of the original story. Howling Commandos of S.H.I.E.L.D. has made me ridiculously happy, so for the future, Howling Commandos of S.H.I.E.L.D. is a book we will be talking more about next week, so I'll leave it at that. H.W.View, 
best of luck with PvP, Avengers Alliance. Heywood, at this point, you know that uh, Ryan and I are terrible at PvP for Avengers Alliance. How well are you guys doing for Spec Op? I was doing really well, and then I got really busy, and I'm stalled out, and I'm also concerned because I saw for the third mission, um, you need Kazar and Angela, which I don't have, and I don't think I'm having enough golden time. Not feeling great about my chance to get Ultimate Spider-Man, hoping I can collect enough lockboxes to get Superior Spider-Man, and now a new PvP has started with Spider-Man Noir, which I will almost certainly not get, and Alex just looking at me like I have like three eyes or something. <laughs> Um, last week's Twim of the Week was Shield number 7. It felt like watching an episode of the series. Kieran Doherty, kind of feel bad about messing up Agent M's desk in the Lego Marvel video game. Was that Tom Brevoort and Axel Alonso too? I've never actually played Lego Marvel. Have you played Lego Marvel? I have not before. So Ryan is in the game. Or he's not in the game, but his desk is. Which I love because at the time that it came out, he and I were sharing a desk because he sat where Harry sits now. Mm -hmm. So my desk was technically in the game. It just didn't have like like Ryan's desk had like tacos and stuff on it to like distinguish like this is Agent M's desk so it was pretty cool did it look like did it look no. like the well no. yeah it looked kind of like the cubicle I mean it looked like a generic cubicle okay. with taco and like Modoc stuff which was great uh, Penelope Cat life has been crazy I'm a month behind this week in Marvel Podcast and I haven't finished the last two reading club selections uh, Penelope Cat we miss you we hope you'll be back speaking of reading club uh, we will not be doing it next week, obviously, because we'll be in the San Diego one. So that means you guys have an extra week to read the Ant-Man assortment that I posted. I'm excited to dive into it myself. All but three issues of Tomb of Dracula on Marvel Unlimited. Possible future reading club selection. Huh. I've never thought of Tomb of Dracula. I've never read Tomb of Dracula. Maybe around uh, October. A little spooky twist, Halloween right? something. That'd be fun. Uh, oh, my Gil. Oh, my God. This is amazing. He says, say it ain't so. Hashtag no bone zone. Posts a picture in front of a restaurant that appears to be called No Bone Zone, but I feel like there's a letter missing between No and Bone. Like maybe that's called. I, I Gil, I need to know more about this. You think that's just called No Bone Zone? What a weird name for I, a restaurant. I think like the space between No and Bone is very small. Looks deliberate. Yeah. I need to know more about this, Gil. A tremendous picture. A thousand twin points to you. Tell me more about what the heck this restaurant is. I need to know more. Tremendous job. Raph AB. So, Face It Tiger became an official Marvel song. That's awesome. Hashtag Discovering Talents. And a shout out to at MWSM Band. That's, of course, the Mary Janes. Uh, yeah, that is now. We're working with them, and they've done some great stuff. Just saw Inside Out. Beautiful movie. Now I'm even more excited for Captain Marvel. Interesting. I don't know if there's a link between those two. I wouldn't think so, but Inside Out was awesome. I haven't seen it yet, but... You I'm definitely about, should. I will try to make some time to see it, uh, probably when it comes out on video. Um, is video... Do you say video anymore? I think that's a little... I think you just dated yourself a little bit. Ugh. All right. The Marvel app has been updated on iOS. Who should I congratulate? Uh, congratulate the whole Marvel team. We, we all did a great job. I did nothing, but I'm sure, you know, I was, I was great. Oh my, I just saw a commercial for Marvel Contest of Champions on TV. Holy crap, I haven't seen that. Seen Me that? neither. I also don't have a TV. Uh, that's weird. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. No, I feel like that's not as weird. A lot of people don't have TVs now. You just like watch stuff on computers and whatnot. Yeah. Whatever, I'm traditional. Um, well, the thing we have to remember is Raphael B. lives in France. So he gets a lot of cool stuff we don't get. So presumably that's a French thing. That's still pretty cool. Uh, Tom Holland, same name as the son of the French president, Thomas Holland. Weird. I don't know what he's talking about. We're just going to keep rolling. <laughs> I saw some of Tom, Hol Tom Holland's 
acrobatic prowess on Instagram, and I'm now convinced he'll be as awesome as Spidey. Yes, Tom Holland is the kid playing Spider-Man. Wow, yes, I blew that one. Okay, okay. Tom <laughs> Holland. So, yeah, Tom Holland's our new Spider-Man. Yes. Very exciting. Uh, hopefully he doesn't listen to this podcast. I'm virtually sure he does not. He's a big fan, I'm sure. Oh, my God, it's going to be bad. The Heroes Don't Get Any Bigger line on the Ant-Man posters became Size Doesn't Matter on the French posters. I love Raphae's wacky France tweets. Uh, and finally, I heard there's a premiere for Ant-Man in France in the city of Formis, French word for ant. I don't know if that's real or not. If it is, it's amazing. Ricky Williams from Miami Dolphins says, Mo Dobbs, make that the title of the next issue. Hashtag gotta have it. I think that uh, maybe from when we were, we were talking about uh, Modoc Assassin last week. Not sure. Still great. Ref Gamlin, question, Secret Wars Extinction Agenda. Where in Battle World does it take place? I can't seem to find it on the big map. Oh, man. What's the name of the Extinction Agenda domain? I'm not sure. Is it Genosha? Look for X City because they named that in this one. So check that out. Um, there isn't already a tune behind the intro in Giant Size Little Marvel AVX. Then please have Nicklo sing it. That seems that's a request we've got a few times. I think we're gonna have to make that happen. Robert RCST, would we have supervillains if we did not have superheroes? Can you recommend comics that this theme if they exist? I know that's been explored before. The whole idea of you know if there weren't superheroes out there, would be there be superpowered people? who would have the idea to be supervillains, I tend to think there would be. I think there's always going to be people whose dark side of human nature is going to see, I have powers now, I'm going to go rob a bank. Um, what do you think, Alec? It's tough. Um, is it? Yeah. I guess I, it is. I think so. And <laughs> I'd say there would be people that would abuse the powers. Mm-hmm. But I don't think, on a bigger scale, I feel like everyone kind of ups... Like when a superhero does something really good, supervillain retaliates. It's got to top it. Yeah, it. Makes it worse. That's a good point. Uh, any plans to build a Windows version of the Marvel and/or Marvel Unlimited app? I don't have iPad or Android. Uh, stay tuned for those plans. Possibly. I honestly don't know the answer, so that was my way of saying I don't know. Uh, Ross Meyer. I understand that Vibranium is from Wakanda and is in Captain America's shield, and Adamantium is in Wolverine's claws and body. And we answered this question uh, last time, so I'm not going to answer it again. I don't have time. Um, Ross Meyer again I just looked through the new previews books and all of the post Secret Wars series I'm so excited and they look awesome people complain the series always relaunched and there's always new number ones for a series now it makes sense because after Secret Wars there'll be a new universe but my question is this if it's in the works for so long why not just wait on certain series for example Ant-Man Spider-Man Uncanny Avengers Howard the Duck and all new Captain America only ran about five issues these series will now have two number ones in such a short time which makes it confusing for new readers uh, number one thank you number two hopefully it will not make it confusing for new readers number three because we had stories to tell and uh why wait you know you got like some great issues of ant-man spider gwen like why wait eight months to launch that because secret wars is long man it's running for several months so i think you know the end of the day you got more great comics you got five great issues of these books and now you're going to get more great issues of these books so it's really uh it's 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 not a why do it it's a why not why would you not do it consider yourself very lucky you got them absolutely thankful uh, Raven M. Fields doing little Infinity Wars casting, uh, suggesting that Mike from Breaking Bad should play Uatu, and he has a side-by-side pick, which is pretty uh, pretty compelling evidence. All right, going to the final round here. Buff, Buff Pizan 67, RP67. Read Adam Warlock's first appearance in Old School Fantastic Four. Didn't realize it was him until I read Twim URC. Yeah, I mean, as we talked about last week, the character evolves tremendously. Sorry, this isn't spam. 
see Ant-Man and support autism research. Doesn't seem like spam to me. I'm happy to uh, happy to do that. We're talking about Daredevil, 1963 issues 50 and on are missing. Uh, we've been adding a lot of stuff. You saw this, some more old Daredevil issues were added this week. I think actually some of those issues were added this week. So we're on it. Why did they cancel Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes in the first place? Um, that's, of course, the anime, the much-beloved animated series. Uh, they didn't cancel it. The things with the cartoons are they don't necessarily have long runs always. I, mean, I know some do, you know, like the South Parks and the Simpsons of the world, but a lot of these um, animated shows, like they're kind of designed for, like, short runs. They'll have a couple seasons, they'll get in there, and then you can replay them. And we have a great Avengers cartoon on the air now. Uh, I don't know too much about the behind-the-scenes work, and so I'm not going to know too much into it, but I just... As a, as a viewer of animation, I just know that's how a lot of animation functions. So, canceled is a dirty word that mm-hmm. I don't think we need to use there. Seth, from Derby, Connecticut. Just got Marvel Unlimited. Want to see more of Ruby Summers from Future Imperfect? Was wondering what to read. You're going to want to go and read Peter David's X Factor. Uh, read the full run. It started in, like, 2005, and it's it's tremendous. It's, uh, I even know how many issues. There's got to be almost, like, 75 straight issues. He writes all of them, and it's a great start-to-finish read. Ruby's in there. It takes a while to get to her, but I promise you all of it's worth it. And we should do maybe some of that as whom you are seeing in the near future. Tim Cross, now available on iTunes, on iTunes in the UK over the last weekend, last two weeks. I know that was a problem we were having with uh, the podcast in the UK, so glad that worked out. Final question from Vlada. Okay, just keep calm. I can't wait. This is awesome. Uh, and talking about Lego Avengers, which does look amazing. All right, guys, that's it. Uh, that's it for this week for me ben alec great job thank you uh ryan obviously did not show up uh you can follow him on twitter at agent m and get your your thoughts there say you missed him tell him you uh, can't wait to hear him and next week uh not sure when we'll be posting or what we'll be posting but again if you're in the san diego area follow ryan at agent m on twitter follow at blake garris ask them for details on the live this week in marvel taping that's going to be going on during san diego comic-con and please follow marvel.com and all our social channels to see how you can follow us through san diego comic-con it's always a good time our live show is always awesome i know we got some great guests lined up it's gonna be a lot of fun thank you guys for bearing with us hope you enjoyed the show remember this is marvel your universe